Hey, my name's Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of Frontburner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear Frontburner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Ian Hannah-Mansing. Welcome to Checkup's Ask Me Anything podcast. And today you're about to hear our AMA about coping with the Israel-Hamas news coverage. Fresh video has emerged of one of those horrifying massacres last Saturday. It is particularly challenging for so many of us in Canada who have lived through traumatic episodes in, in the past. School leaders across the country have been urging parents to consider deleting TikTok and Instagram off their children's phones, at least for the time being. Our primary job is to gain mastery over our own emotional brain. So many Canadians are feeling anxious as they watch the events unfold in Israel and Gaza. We are bombarded with devastating images and video coming out of the region as we try to sort out which sources we can trust. It can be difficult for many of us to step away from the TV or radio or put down our phones waiting for constant updates. So our Ask Me Anything is about how to cope with the news and the emotional toll it takes. Our guest is Dr. Javid Sukara. He's a psychiatrist and chair of psychiatry at the Institute of Living and chief of psychiatry at Hartford Hospital in Connecticut. Dr. Sukara answered questions on how to manage the stress and potential trauma that comes with following the Israel-Hamas conflict. Here are a few highlights from the show. Dr. Sukara, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. So with this conflict with these images, with even without even seeing them, hearing about horrible things that either have happened or allegedly happened, depending on what the source is. How does this affect people's mental health? It undoubtedly takes a toll, especially when there are communities that have experienced trauma historically uh, and related to their identity. Then it hits even deeper. But the constant bombardment of stories of harm and pain and violence and fear, um, it is actually quite normal for that to affect us. Uh, it's normal for it to affect our mental health. And the past week has been a real marathon in terms of trying to cope every day, going to work or going to school while knowing that there's so much hurt and harm happening around the world and being subjected to the images and stories uh, has been quite painful. And I, I guess this is true of anything when it comes to mental health. Uh, these things, even though we are all been subjected to more or less the same stream of information and pictures, um, it affects us very differently from person to person. It does. And I think that's part of why it's important to remember that in terms of dealing with our mental health, there really is no one size fits all. The way that someone might feel because they're for example, the grandchild of Holocaust survivors, or if someone has family in Gaza, it's going to hit at a different level because we're going to relate to what's happening in the world in a way where we often project sometimes our worst fears and anxieties. But that's also why um, there's no one size fits all when it comes to coping. Each of us might have a unique way to deal and there's no real one, one path to healing. 
One thing I think is is difficult, it's difficult for me to an extent, and I think for maybe other people as well, is this is an important story to know the details of. And so on the one hand, I, I, I think, you know, I need to be plugged into what's going on and, and reading about it and watching it. At the same time, you know, there gets to a point where, where it's too much. H- how do we figure out at what point to, to turn things off? So I think we have to remember each of us has the ability and the agency to set our own boundaries in a way that fits. For some people, that might be completely shutting everything off and trying not to be exposed. Uh, but to folks like you or I, it's going to be about trying to make the most of what's going on and staying connected without getting bombarded. And so I think part of the challenge then is being able to notice when our consumption of global events is getting to a point where we're numbing ourselves to it or where we're noticing that it's leading to emotions that leave a residue uh, that that have an effect on other things. When we notice that about ourselves and how we're consuming things and take breaks, take pauses, things like taking certain apps off of our devices or trying to set times where we will be with family or around others, then we can be more conscious and consume what we're seeing in a much more mindful instead of mindless way. We're talking to Dr. Javid Sukara, who is the chief of psychiatry at Hartford Hospital in Connecticut. Uh, Jacqueline Wah is uh, calling us from Regina. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi there. How are you doing with all of the news and, and the stream of information we're getting here? Well, I, I think it's hard to cope as an adult, but um, I'm a teacher of a classroom of five, six students. And I guess my major concern is, um, is how, to, how to get them um, in a space where they're respecting each other. And um, in grades five and six, you're sort of at that level as previously described by your guest, where you're going from that right-wrong thinking to that abstract thinking. And I was wondering if your guest had any tips for um, how to walk students through that situation when they're at that age, because what we're definitely seeing is kids coming to school that perhaps um, parents and guardians aren't aware, are fully aware of what's going on there because they are hearing about it on the bus, or they're hearing about it on the playground, or unfortunately they've seen something on Instagram and TikTok that is highly disturbing to them. So what do you start grade five and six and upwards to help these students in, um, in an atmosphere where we're, we're a school or we're a classroom? Yeah. Um, that Jacqueline, might be different from the individual approach. Yeah, Jacqueline, that's a great question. And stay on the line because uh, Dr. Sukara may want to, come back and, and discuss this with you. But, but doctor, what would you say to Jacqueline? So the first thing I would say is thank you, Jacqueline, for being a teacher and an educator. The role that you play at a time like this can feel really heavy, but it's so, so important in helping to shape and co-create space for kids to be able to understand what's happening, but also understand how it might relate to where they are and what they're doing. You're right that the five, six split, that age group is very tricky. Some kids are more nuanced and some kids are more concrete. Now, I I can't replace what any specific school guidance would be, but I can say that ultimately what it's about is helping everybody recognize their relationship with each other as a class, as a team, a team who's there together with a purpose 
to acquire knowledge and deepen our understanding of what's happening, um, not only about the world, but about ourselves and how we might relate to it. The best way that I can think of that as an educator myself is it really is about co-creating space. And I think teachers like yourself are so gifted at being able to do this intrinsically. Co-creating a learning space to ask questions, to deepen understanding, to validate how people are feeling, but also recognize that sometimes there might be complex things that seem like they're in conflict or tension with one another that are okay to coexist. Um, kids of that age, by learning and understanding ambivalence and being able to be comfortable with ambivalence, ultimately will have a healthier way of coping with such strong uh, circumstances, but also strong and uncertain emotions that this might evoke. Jacqueline, any follow-up question or comment? Um, no, that's actually great, the idea of, um, you know, making them feel comfortable that sometimes there there is no right or wrong way to feel, but that sometimes there are situations that are in the middle. Um, that is great. Thank you very much. All right, Jacqueline, thank you very much for your call. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer vital health questions that will help you thrive, like, what does my mental health have to do with my gut? How can I prevent melanoma? How much sleep do I really need? And how can I manage my health without a family doctor? I chat with the top experts to bring you the latest evidence in plain language, all in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Ali Maltz is in Toronto. Hi, Ali. Hi. Thanks for calling in. Um, you have family in Israel. What, uh, what, what's your question for the doctor? Yeah. Hi, Dr. Sakara and Ian. I'm big, big fan. Uh, yeah, my name is Ali and I have family in Israel and I'm Jewish. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people are reaching out to me and it's just in the ethos of conversation right now, but I don't really want to talk about it. And the reason why I don't want to talk about it with people is because A, I don't know what opinions will hurt me right now. And I don't really know what I think at this point. But as a Jew, I feel expected to give some sort of rational and logical reaction to people um, when they're checking and asking. And I, I just, I'm having trouble dealing with that. Yeah, I, I I love that question because it's actually something I've thought about before too, um, with friends who uh, I think have a connection to what's going on that's more than my connection. I mean, we all have a connection mm -hmm. in, in humanity, but and and then I think, well, geez, I don't want to presume anything, and I certainly don't want to put anybody on the spot. So th this is a great question, and let's uh, let's bring Doctor uh, Sukara into this. How, how do we navigate this, Doctor Sukara? So thanks so much, Ali, for, for giving voice to a lot of people who might be experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. What's important to remember is that you get to be the author of your own story. When events like this happen, there's a lot that happens in the world, and there's a lot of weight that many of us feel like we have to carry. Mm -hmm. What I would say is it's okay for you, it's entirely okay for you to not really want to have to talk about anything specific or nonspecific at all. Different people cope in different ways. And to be self-protective, the way that you described, can actually be 
very healthy and very adaptive. So you can give yourself permission. You can validate yourself that that's okay. You don't have to and never should feel like you need to carry the weight of your community or of the world on your shoulders. You were never meant to do that, uh, especially mm-hmm. not alone. You get to decide. You get to be the author of your story. And the way that you're connected to to this this unfolding um, uh, situation is going to be personal and it's going to be unique and it might be very different from other people, even people that you're close to. That's totally okay. Uh, You don't have to feel like you need to fit into one narrative or the other. Uh, And I think a lot of us who are feeling like there's groupthink or pressure or polarized discourse and just want some time to to be self-protective, that should be validated that that's an okay way to cope. Ali, any follow-up? Yeah, a thought and a question, I guess, first. Um, it, that's helpful because I think from the Jewish community, there's also pressure to speak, um, even if we're not comfortable to do so. So it's helpful, that sort of validation. But also just wondering, um, you know, I will be in situations where I'll be in the discourse. Um, you know, people are talking about it in restaurants and groups of friends and all these things. And you know, is it okay or how, I, I guess just nicely the thing to say is I'm just not ready to talk about it. I don't know. How would you navigate just wanting to shut off a conversation? That's obviously really important thing to happen. That's happening in the world right now. So I think what you described is absolutely an okay way to deal with it. If that's what your heart and mind is feeling in that moment, um, being part of a Jewish community you get to define your relationship with your identity and how that relates to everything that's happening. I think we all, um, myself included, have, have different identities, different ways that we relate to things that might be happening in the world. And they don't always fit exactly neatly into mm-hmm. the boxes or the spaces that might be um, what people are saying or talking about. So when I said earlier that you get to be the author of your own story, I think that's a really important mm-hmm. um, maxim because no one else can author your narrative for you. Your narrative is yours. You're the captain of your ship. You're able to define your relationship with your identity in a way that validates you, that feels healthy, and recognize that you might connect to that identity in ways that varies from others, and that that's okay. Diversity within our faith communities, within our religious and ethnic communities, is actually absolutely normal uh, and generally can be very healthy. Ali, thank you very much for your call. Thank you. Bye. Dr. Sukara, a a follow-up to that. So what advice do you have for somebody who... um, wants to reach out to a friend um, because, and this is a situation I've been in, you think to yourself, you know, I I think that friend probably is feeling the weight of this more than I am. I feel they have a connection to it, maybe because of their faith or more, not just their faith, but, you know, they've spent time either in Gaza or or Israel. Should we reach out? How how do we reach out? So I think that's a decision each of us have to make based on how we're feeling and, and what we feel is the right thing to do. Ultimately, it's really hard to go wrong to, to reach out with a message of love and support. A lot of what's happening right now is people don't know what to say. They don't know how to say it. And so saying, hey, I just wanted to say I care. I'm here. 
I may not have the words, um, but you matter. It's it's a really just simple but validating message. Uh, most people who experience tragedy really appreciate anybody near or far who reaches out with a message of love and support. Uh, where it can go wrong is when we try to say too much, we try to interject too much, or we try to to do something to fix the way someone's feeling. Sometimes it's just about sitting with them in that space and saying, I don't even know what to say, but I'm just really grateful uh, for you and that you matter. Mm, good advice. We may have time to to have a couple more calls here on Cross Country Checkup with our expert, Dr. Sakara, talking. He's a psychiatrist and uh, able to answer your questions about how you've been feeling with the news from Israel and Gaza, how you can best cope with that. Paul Bennett is calling from Powell River, British Columbia. Hi, Paul. Hi, Ian. Thanks for, ha- thanks for taking my call. Yeah, well, thanks for calling me. Can you hear me, me all right? Absolutely, we can. Yeah, so actually my question is very similar to, the, to what just has been discussed and shared right now. I'm, I'm, one, I'm trying to navigate this in my own friend group. And, um, you know, I have friends that, um, you know, obviously have a multiplicity of perspectives and feelings around this, this subject. And, and I've been trying my best to just sort of like reach out and offer support by just listening um, and learning because I'm not a, I'm obviously, I'm not a geopolitical expert. Um, and one thing that I am noticing is that I, like, I guess the people pleasing side of me is trying to bring friends together or wanting to bring friends together that I can see this sort of division with amongst my friend groups sort of starting to happen. And I'm not sure, like, I guess I, th- I think I've been taking it on too much and I'm not sure how, like, I, I don't, I'm hearing that it's not really my responsibility to do that, but I'm just wondering if there's, if, if the doctor has any suggestions for people that are are witnessing this happening within their own friend group, like what what's the best way to approach this? Yes, yeah, stay on the line, Paul, Dr. Sakara. So I appreciate how you're feeling. And I think it's important to remember that when it feels like the world is on fire, we can't always be firefighters. I can appreciate your empathy, your sensitivity, your instinct to want to, to bring people together. But there are conflicts in times uh, like these where we really just can't fix everything that's happening around us. Part of the instinct comes from wanting to help, wanting to care, wanting to do something. And that's where I think that the advice is to relieve ourselves of having to carry the burden of everything that's happening in the world and simply focus on being present and being attuned and being supportive. There's a lot that we might say or do that people might not be ready for, but ultimately it is a lot of emotional work to try to carry um, the kinds of, of uh, emotions and hurt and pain that, that are happening. And for folks like yourself or even myself in helping professions, all that we can do is do our very best to be present, uh, to create space, but not take on uh, the heaviness that this situation is creating. Paul, any uh, follow-up? No, that's uh, that's really good advice, and it's really good to to hear it um, and to remind myself of that because I'm that's how I feel, and and I feel like I can be supportive of friends that disagree and and equally. So yeah, it's good to hear. Book. I just need to sort of step back in terms of not letting my myself try and carry the weight of what they're they're experiencing. 
Yeah, but to try to bring yeah. people together and help your friends, Paul, obviously good instincts and good luck uh, with that. And thank you very much for calling. Thank you very much for taking my call. Dr. Sukara, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Javid Sukara is a psychiatrist and chief of psychiatry at Hartford Hospital in Connecticut. That was a portion of Cross Country Checkup's AMA on coping with the Israel-Hamas news coverage. Dr. Javid Sukara is a psychiatrist and the chair of psychiatry at the Institute of Living and chief of psychiatry at Hartford Hospital in Connecticut. If you'd like to listen to yesterday's full two-hour edition of Cross Country Checkup, you can stream the podcast on the CBC Listen app. And if you'd like to share comments or appear on a future show, you can go to cbc.ca slash aircheck. I'm Ian Hanna-Mansing. Thanks for listening. The next live edition of Checkup airs on CBC Radio, CBC News Network, and CBC News Explorer next Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.